Hello. What's going on? CT5385's condition seems to be deteriorating. Tup. His name is Tup. Tup? What is a Tup? Tup is my friend. He's not a number. Yes, he is. We all have numbers. My number is AZ3452118962464987213473. His number is CT5385. Wrong. He has a name. No clone uses a number. Not anymore. But you are a number. CT5555. No. I am Fives. Call me Fives. But Five is a number. No, not Five. Fives. Oh. The difference is minimal. Not to me. And not to any clone. It's time for Send in the Clones! Join your hosts, Puto and Robbie, on an epic journey through a galaxy far, far away as they follow the escapades of Anakin Skywalker and the Jedi Knights with the clone army of the Republic in their struggle against Count Dooku and the droid army of the evil Separatists. So step in and prepare for adventure because it's time to send in the clones! In this episode, on Kamino, Fives has been quarantined while the devious Nala Se is unable to find a cause for Tup's illness. With the help of medical droid AZ3, Fives locates and removes a tumor from Tup, who dies shortly after. Is this tumor the cause for Tup's illness or something far more insidious? Hey, troops, it's your old buddy Bucho on my first ever watch of the Clone Wars and next to me in the dropship on his third ever watch of the Clone Wars. He's the Fives to my AZ3. It's your trusty pal, Robbie. Hello there. And we are going to talk about the 110th episode in the StarWars.com Clone Wars chronology, written by Katie Lucas, directed by Brian Kalen O'Connell. It's Season 6, Episode 2, Conspiracy. So, Robbie, let's roll out with you letting us know what you remembered about Conspiracy before you rewatched it again this week. Well, I mean, this one's kind of uh, an important episode to this arc. I mean, we start to really, really figure out, okay, so... There's actually a way that the clones are being controlled. Before, there was actually a video game that kind of alluded to the fact that all of the clones just had knowledge of it. That Order 66 is coming and and we've got to play this part. And all of them, you know, just kind of... Like, I remember it was... I can't remember what video game it was. But it was basically Tamura Morrison doing a voiceover. Pretty much just saying, you know, that it was going to be difficult to pull the trigger once the order came through. I never liked that. Especially watching the Clone Wars up to this point, you're like, how can they all just turn on the Jedi? Well, now we know that there's something in there that's going to make them do it. So it's an interesting uh, development, especially, I mean, like, you know, it just kind of makes you rethink things a little bit. They kind of gives you a little bit of, uh, like, impending horror coming, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's this is just one of those that I just, I really, really enjoyed the storytelling, you know, the, I guess you could say lore at this point. It's just a lot of fun to see this. So yeah. And of course, AZ3 is super memorable from this episode too. He's just super funny and super likable. So yeah, there you go. Well, we opened the episode with Tup's transport landing on Kamino, escorted by Rex and Fives through a spectacularly animated rainstorm. It looks amazing. The season six animation is absolute top notch and they are put straight into the care of Shark T who insists that while Rex is sent back to the battle five should remain on Topoka City to go under examination just in case Tup's ailment turns out to be viral but it turns out after some pretty hardcore looking tests that Tup seems to be in perfect health aside from his frothing urge 
to murder Shakti, of course. And meanwhile, back in Five's room, he's getting to know a very familiar sounding medical droid, the aforementioned AZ-3. He's voiced again by Ben Diskin. I want to say again, that's because he's using pretty much the same tone and accent as our favorite goofy pit droid, WAC-47. And we soon find that's not all that AZ-3 has in common with WAC, because AZ-3 also shares a little bit of WAC's philosophical nature, as we see when AZ-3 and 5s engage in a little bit of a debate over whether names mean more than numbers. Although, that's not all AZ-3 has on his plate, because he soon also finds himself in the middle of a disagreement between Shakti, who thinks that Tup has been brainwashed, and the Kaminoan Dr. Nala Sei, who for some weird reason continues to claim that she suspects that Tup's issue is some kind of virus, even though all the tests said, no, it's not a virus. So, so, for some reason, what? This is so odd. And then shortly after that, of course, it's not odd anymore because when Nalase goes into report to Prime Minister Lama Su, we learn that Nalase's weirdness might be linked to some kind of cover-up on her part because she reports that she suspects that Tup is actually experiencing a preemptive execution of clone protocol 66. So the plot is definitely thickening, Robbie. And so while Shakti gets orders from the Jedi Council to bring Tup back to the Jedi Temple, the Kaminoans dial up Lord Tyrannus. And wouldn't you know it, Robbie? Lord Tyrannus agrees that Tup must be terminated to extract that inhibitor chip and... I've got a few notes here, Robbie. One of them is that it's a lot of fun to hear Ben Diskin's whack voice coming out of AZ-3. I mean, I know <laughs> whack 47 maybe wasn't everyone's cup of blue milk, but I always had a soft spot for that goofball. Two, well, I'm obviously not on the Kaminoan side here and can't even say Kaminoan properly, apparently. I did get a kick out of Lamasu calling the Jedi's a curious cult. I, I shit, that was, that was a terrible Lamasu, but, you know, he calls them a curious cult. It's fun to hear, and Alasay says... Too spiritual for my taste. And the third note I've got here is that you've always been a big fan of these clone facilities on Kamino, Robbie. And now you get to see them in all of their season six extra detailed, super high quality animated glory. And this is the first time we've seen them, I think, since Grievous and Ventress's invasion in the Ark Troopers episode, which feels like a long time ago now. And here in Conspiracy, we get to see them in all their very white, very Kamino and glory. So how did you like getting back on Kamino, Robbie, and how did you like this first half of the episode? Well, there's something that, I guess it's very, I don't know, it's almost like a hospital in a way, the way that it looks. That's why it's always been strange to me that you like it so much. I don't know. I, I can't describe it. I mean, even even now, you know, I mean, watching this and, and knowing how sort of nefarious the plans are, I still love the look of it, and I still love the design of the place. You know, maybe it's just because it seems so bright and, like I said, almost... Star Trekky. I feel so much more Star Trekky than Star Warsy to me because, you know, Star Wars to me is about being grimy and lived in and beat up, you know, and Star Trek is about being pristine, I guess. Yeah, I don't know what it is about it, but I've always loved it. I've always loved the design of them. I always felt that there was more to it, that they knew more than they were letting on. But, uh, you know, to have all of those kind of... I don't know, it's not something that I dwelled on, really, but it's always something that was always in the back of my mind, so to have sort of those ideas, those thoughts, you know, just basically fulfilled, I guess, you know, those, like, there was something going on, but I never really, you know, could put my finger on it, and now we know. It's just a lot of fun to have those theories, and to me, the design of them it's so different than what we typically see in Star Wars. When you say the design of them, you mean the Kaminoan rooms or you mean the aliens themselves? The Kaminoans, yeah. Right. The way that they look, 
it's just so different than what we've seen before. I mean, and I just yeah. really like the way that they look. I like this almost this slow, graceful. It's almost like I want to see one. You're gonna say Mazatex, Robbie? Are you gonna bring up Mazatex again? Remember when we did Umbara and you said, "Man, these Umbarans remind me of Mazatex," and I wasn't clicking then. But the way that these Kaminoans move reminds me of the lady alien when it's pretending to be a lady in Mazatex and it has that weird hip sway that looks like it's in slow motion and feels unnatural and that's what the Kaminoans remind me of. Did I just cut you off for a good reason where you're going to say, yes, that's what I was going to say or did I just rudely cut you off for no reason because that's not what you were thinking at all? No, no it wasn't but I don't know there's something about them that I just like the way that they look and I like the the design and, and I guess it's just because it's such a stark contrast from the outside. You know, on the outside, it's all rainy and stormy, and it's always just seems like chaos outside. And then inside, it's just very, I don't, I'm, there's a word that I'm thinking of, and I can't think of the word, but. Pristine. No, it's, it's. Orderly. Harmonious. (laughs) Hospital-esque. No, I just, I just really like it. I've always liked it, but. To kind of see everything play out here, especially like I love AZ3 and Fives talking about his programming and how, you know, it's almost like he's talking him into it, but he's using that, he's like using that logic, you have to help me, you know, because of yeah, all right. this. I just really enjoyed that. It's just a fun, I don't know, play on almost like uh, those holes in logic, you know, that you can find, especially like in programming, you know, and it kind of... In a way, it almost leads you to all these movies and TV shows that we've seen in the past where, I guess, the AI decides that it has to wipe out half of humanity because that's the only way to save it. Stuff like that. I enjoy those kind of, I guess, almost leaps in logic. I enjoy that kind of stuff, so I really liked Fives kind of playing around with AZ-3 to get him to help him. Yeah, that's one of those things. I didn't actually pick this up while I was watching it, but I listened to our friends Hope and Chris on J-Guys and Jedi. I listened to their episode on this episode, and Chris brought up that that is a very Captain Kirk thing. That's a super Star Trek-y kind of thing, to do that logic kind of based argument thing and to try and talk someone, especially an AI or a robot, around into realizing that the robot wants to do what you want to do. And yeah, I didn't pick it up at the time, but as soon as I heard Chris say that, I clicked that, yeah, that is a very Captain Kirky thing, and that just makes me like Fivers even more because I'm a Captain Kirk fan. And so we roll into the second half of the episode with Fives talking AZ-3 into performing that atomic brain scan against Nalase's orders. So AZ-3 does perform that scan, and they find that Tup has a tumor. Uh, when <laughs> Fives makes an accidental ruckus, Dr. Nalase enters Tup's room, leading to a good old tent sneaking around scene for Fives. This is a fun moment where Fives is just trying not to be detected, while AZ-3 kind of acts as a distraction. You know, it's a pretty classic kind of setup, but it's really nicely done in this episode. And Fives finally gets out of the room, but not before learning that Nalase is going to terminate Tup. So Fives goes into droid persuader mode again and does his droid mind tricks on AZ-3 into now performing a biopsy on Tup. But sadly for Fives and tragically for Tup, Tup dies shortly afterward after telling Fives about a mission in their dreams that apparently all the clones have this dream about a never-ending mission. This mission that he calls a nightmare. And that was a kind of fascinating revelation that made me, I don't know, it sets you off in all sorts of directions in terms of your imagination about what exactly he could be talking about and about what the experience is like for these clones just to be clones. 
And after that, of course, Shakti and Nala say, report Tup's death to Palpatine, which leads to Palpatine ordering that the tool might be sent to the Grand Republic Medical Facility. And so frustrating, Robbie, <laughs> that Palpatine gets his claws into everything, but also... You know, it makes sense. And one of the things I loved in this section is that when AZ3 cuts his way into Tup's room, we see the usual glowing edges. We've talked about this in a previous episode about how when you cut into a place with a lightsaber, there's these glowing edges that seem super hot. You don't want to go anywhere near them. You know, there's that, oh, be careful kind of deal. <laughs> and what I liked in this episode is that those glowing edges fade quite quickly, which is real nice for Five since he has to climb through that hole. And another note I've got here is that Shakti reports to Palpatine that her orders are to send the tumor to the Jedi Council, but after Nala Say and Palpatine claim that the Grand Republic Medical Facility would be better, Shakti kind of meekly agrees, I guess because Palpatine's authority supersedes the Jedi, even for Jedis maybe? Yeah, I mean, and that that's one of those things that I think has always been foggy to me. The clones were put into production from the Jedi, technically. Master Sapo DS. Right, so in a way, I kind of feel like the Jedi should supersede in this. But at the same time, I think we know that there's there's a lot of nefarious stuff going on, right? Sure. But Shakti doesn't really know that. So in a way, I kind of feel like she feels like Palpatine is on her side and that the medical facility for the Grand Republic is probably the best place for it to go anyway. But I mean, of course, we know that there's a lot of other things going on here. You know, no telling what Palpatine's ultimate plans are at this point. I mean, it is frustrating, though. It's almost like a Pee-wee's Big Adventure kind of thing where he's all laughing and ha-ha and the bike's right behind him and you're like, ah! You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I feel like it's supposed to be that frustrating because at this point, the Jedi just don't know. They're just not aware of the plan that's been in motion for years and years. You know, and I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, you just kind of have to go with that, I think. Yeah, I was just imagining a scene later where Shakti has to report back to the council again, you know, and that's like, okay, so you've got the tumor, where is it? Let's see this thing. And she's like, Ah, yeah, about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I had a talk with Palpatine and he told me to send it to the Grand Republic Medical Facility even though you guys ordered me to bring it back here. But I don't know. Do you have any other notes on this episode, Robbie, or this part of the episode before we get to our standout shots of the episode? I mean, the, I think there are two AZ3 moments that I just thought were really funny. Um, I love the... Uh, I've always wanted human emotions, but I do not. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really yeah. I really like that the way it's it's played out. And then uh, I love that I move. love AZ three waving at the clones. You know, he's just he just keeps waving and they're just kinda like looking at each other and I don't know. I just really, really enjoyed that. I mean that those are my two other moments that I, I put on there that I just really enjoyed. It is a pretty heavy episode, so to have these kind of moments of levity or you know, are a little fun, you know just to throw those in there but i really really just i genuinely laugh yeah especially since that particular moment feels like it's going to be another even heavier moment because it feels like it's setting up for fives to maybe end up giving <laughs> az3 a bit of a pep talk about you know if we get through this you're my brother or something but it doesn't <laughs> it just plays into a like you say a light-hearted moment which is a relief in an episode like this where a lot of heavy things happen robbie and now it's time to find out whether your shot of the episode is going to be inside this Topoka City facility that you love so much, or whether, like me, you're going to choose a nice simple one of the transport landing in the rainstorm at the beginning of the episode, Robbie. Here's where we find out just how much you like these interiors, because that exterior shot at the start is pretty sweet. That's, you nailed it exactly. My favorite shot is as it's landing, and then you see the Kaminoans kind of walking toward it. 
That's my favorite shot. I mean, it's just, it is gorgeous. I mean, even the, it's not even a re-entry shot. It's just a shot of the ship coming in and, and the, the lightning on the, on sort of the right side of the screen. It's just, it's beautiful. It really is beautiful. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess we shared that shot. Well, speaking of coming in for landings, Robbie, before we bring this episode in for landing, we need to sum up and give our ratings. So after your third ever watch of Conspiracy, how did you like it? And where does Conspiracy sit on that four-star Robbie scale? You know, this one's strange because I almost feel like, I mean, of course, this is absolutely necessary. This is not one that you should skip. There's an effortlessness to this episode that I really appreciate. I just got so caught up in it and how their attention to detail sometimes is is ridiculous. Like, this is kind of gross, but when the tumor kind of shoots out of <laughs> Tup's head, there's just like this splash of blood that quickly fades. I mean, the, the way that it looks, it's so well realized. And the way that the story flows, it flows with a, like, there's no fat in this episode. And it's really, really well done. There's that part of me that's like, okay, is this something that I like to watch over and over an episode like this? Or do I have to just kind of give it props on the, like I said, this this sort of effortlessness? Because, I mean, the way it ends, I'm like, wow, it's over already? Like, it went by so fast for me. So I kind of feel like I need to give it a higher score than just my recommended three. So I'm going to give this one a three and a quarter out of four. Yeah, I basically echo everything you've just said here. It's a pretty straightforward sort of thriller episode. It's definitely more plot than character. And it's also one of the very few episodes I can think of in which no laser bolts are blasted and nor are any lightsabers ignited. But it's such a well-told story and such a well-put-together episode. And, of course, really is starting to get into some of the nitty-gritty of what Order 66 means and where all of that came from. So I have Conspiracy at a very solid 8 spinning laser biopsies out of 10. And that is mission accomplished for Season 6, Episode 2, Conspiracy. So, Robbie, won't you please let the troops out there know what are our communications channels? We are Bucho and Robbie at Gmail, on Twitter, and on Instagram. That's B-U-C-H-O-A-N-D-R-O-B-B-Y. Yes, sir. And, of course, the troops can join us again next time for the 111th episode in the StarWars.com Clone Wars Chronology, Season 6, Episode 3, Fugitive. And until then, this is your old buddy Bucho, alongside your trusty pal Robbie, and we salute Clone Trooper Tup, and we are out. Remember, you can support sending the clothes for free simply by rating and reviewing the show on iTunes or any other podcast platform, and Bucho and Robbie will read the review on a future feedback episode. And speaking of feedback episodes, you can also send either a text or an audio message of 60 seconds or less to Bucho and Robbie at gmail.com. May the force be with you.